Welcome to the Exceptional Insights Podcast. I'm Sean Wargo, and I'm joined by my colleague, Peter Hansen. Hello. Together, we make up the market intelligence team here at Avixa. Where it's our job to identify trends in the economy and understand how they affect our industry, the professional audiovisual industry. Hello, I'm Sean Wargo, and welcome to another iteration of our Exceptional Insights podcast. This time, we're going to be talking about conferencing collaboration, the largest solution area for ProAV, generating about $60 billion a year. The challenge we see as we go forward, we're now in the process of updating our annual forecast for ProAV, is that right now, growth rates look to be fairly light for, for conferencing collaboration, around 2.8%, which is less than uh, what we expect overall for ProAV to be growing in terms of revenue from 22 to 27. So we thought we'd take a bit to talk about this as an opportunity. Lots of things to consider that, that Peter and I will go through today. The overarching question for us is, are we going to is are we set up to potentially exceed, overperform or underperform this forecast? So Peter, I'm going to I'm going to kick it to you first. What's your thought? What should we be thinking about as we look at conference and collaboration, maybe from an outside in perspective? Mm-hmm. Importance mm-hmm. of offices, things mm-hmm. we've talked about before, uh, but just that general category of topic. Yeah. Well, one point that I want to start off with is that for the past few years, since the pandemic, it's been a bit difficult for me. I would say like since 2021, it's been a bit difficult for me when folks have asked, hey, you know, what's the best opportunity in ProAV? Because there's been a trade-off between actual kind of five-year growth rates in the IOTA and market sizing in a way. And by that, what I mean is we see the best growth rates in live events. And that's not because live events has had some like crazy positive revolution. It's because the pandemic was extremely difficult for live events. So the growth rate is reflecting recovery and it's reflecting uh, a lot of uh, sort of low revenue from the past, um, restoring to sort of like normal revenue. Conferencing collaboration didn't have the decline. A lot of money was spent on conferencing collaboration, strong revenues through the pandemic. And therefore, when we see lower growth in conferencing collaboration, you know, the question is, is that a bad vertical market? Is that bad? Well, of course, you want to have more growth, uh, but it's also that reflection of the strength that it sustained during a difficult economic period, Mm -hmm. um, a period that was super difficult for lots of parts of the audiovisual industry. So just to kind of like caveat that low percent. Uh, But it is a really good question because um, there are so many fundamentals that are contributing to it. Uh, The big one, we've talked about it before in the podcast, uh, the office market. Mm -hmm. What percent of people are going to be in person? uh, What kind of needs are there going to be? And how is that going to translate into our professional audiovisual industry and the conference and collaboration revenue? Um, And then as well, uh, the technology aspect of it. This is something that I'm very curious about um, is how are all the manufacturers and the distributors and the integrators working together to facilitate these rooms, to create meeting equity and to provide sort of consistent and attractive solutions that are worth investing in. Uh, for lots of investors, uh, for lots of end users, I should say. And that's, uh, I think, a question that is open. Uh, we've seen a lot of cool technology, uh, but I don't think that we've seen 
a norm established yet, and I, and that norm is going to determine a lot of the answer, I think, to your question. Do we underperform? Do we yeah. equal? Do we overperform? Let's talk a little bit about that. So we've debated in the past kind of the importance of the office. Are people coming back? Uh, that kind of thing. Are What are we seeing there? Just as a quick kind of touch, touch point, since you could argue in the past conference and collaboration was largely driven by the kidding of in-person. It was uh, office spaces, um, huddle rooms, conference rooms, that sort of thing, as the biggest part of, of uh, collaboration opportunity. Mm-hmm. Are offices still relevant? Are people coming back? Where, what's the data saying currently about all of that stuff? Yeah, I think all of our intuition just says the office market is changing. Companies are using less space. They're there's no way that the corporate opportunity kind of really from that vertical fixed um, building uh, perspective is staying strong and that it's going to be kind of like an upward trend uh, from kind of continuing back the 20 teens. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fear is like an exodus. And frankly, every time we look at the data, it's strong. It's really positive. Um, and we covered the kind of the data in this podcast in our first episode. Um, and if anything, the data has improved since then. Um, so one of the main key streams of data is uh, office construction. And that dropped off at, in the pandemic, uh, but not a crazy amount, only to about the level at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And in the last handful of months, three months, five months, something like that, it's started to tick back up. So fears of like a long-term downturn they're just not there these are these are decisions made by you know a lot of like management companies that have a lot of data about you know the inquiries about uh renting office space about the swipe rates you know that the use the energy use all these uh data streams and they're spending more and more money um in recent months about uh on corporate office space a new corporate office space uh, the other component um, that I think has ticked up a little bit is the data on what percent of people are working in person, and as well, not just the like sort of current day-to-day trend, uh, mm-hmm. but the um, there's a survey out there and it asks for like the post-COVID norms, uh, post-COVID plans from your business, and for a long time those were like slipping more and more and more towards remote, but in the last some like six months, that's actually kind of ticked back. Um, there's been, I don't want to say like perhaps like the right metaphors, like the pendulum swinging back. Like it maybe swung a little bit too far or too far for businesses or for what the market's ready for, for what workers are ready for, what their preferences are. And now we're seeing just that slight little slip back. So I, I think seeing that kind of slip back, that data about planned in person, um, kind of increasing there is just another sort of market, uh, point in favor of relative maintenance of the equilibrium that we've seen already here in 2023, um, but also even relative to 2018, 2019 in terms of office square footage usage, um, and therefore kind of conferencing and collaboration space uh, needs going forward. Yeah, I think one of the big debates too is, so it sounds like office is still relevant, still being used, usage is increasing, all that kind of thing. The other debate that's happened, as you noted, we never did see a decline in conference and collaboration. Companies were adapting to the new kind of hybrid work modes that people were in initially, more at home, now returning more to to the office space. I think one of the debates that's playing itself out now is 
our companies focus more on a bring your own device mode of accounting for technology and collaboration needs in the office or are they going more with a kind of custom uh, solution where it's back to more of what we are used to as an industry, kind of looking at mm -hmm. a space, how do we properly fit, uh, kit technology, integrate technology into it to maximize and provide the best experience? I don't know if we have data on that. I think uh, that specifically says it's one way or the other at this point in time. Uh, but as I look at the, the growth curve that we sort of expect, it would kind of be a currently a vote for the investment played itself out. You know, it's more of a uh, scale, a scalability kind of volume play. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge to that would be the thing we're hearing out of the market is companies are still largely experimenting with what bringing people looks uh, looks like, bringing people back to the office looks like. How do you best use the space that you have? Um, how do you account for different work modes? How do you provide meeting equity, equity of experience? Uh, mm -hmm. Those sorts of things. That to me argues perhaps for a bit more of a customized approach where companies think about their own unique work needs, um, office needs, employee needs, and then build solutions that would kind of account for that. So uh -huh. if anything, that would suggest maybe we see more waves of investment um, as we go forward um, yeah. versus, you know, say a tailing off of growth. Uh, don't know if you have thoughts on, on that. Just curious. Kind of yeah. What might be seen there. Uh, well, I, I see a couple of, reasons why that sort of like oh need for more custom need for more um individual design see your company's needs specifically um can kind of be a, like a kind of a current headwind towards towards total volume of spending mm -hmm. uh, but maybe a shift you know once we figure out a little bit more um something a term that that i that i've heard you use a, a couple of times or or several times is perpetual beta i want you, i want to mm -hmm. hear you talk about that more in, in one second um but the reason i see it as a potential headwind is that when it's custom it's expensive and when it's custom it's a lot of decision work and when it's custom you can't look at oh this case study we're going to get this conference room in it has this price profile this is how it's going to work and get that budget approved really easily. You know, if you're, you know, the AV person who's kind of trying to convince, um, you know, so-and-so, uh, you know, your, your CTO or whoever it is, um, mm -hmm. that this is worth the investment for your office. That's difficult when it's, it's really individualized and there's a lot of decision points and it's not that clear and you're trying to like study what does our company specifically need. Um, but that means that I think in the future, when norms develop a little bit more, um, there's a bit more upside when it's sort of like you can just go like, yeah, that style solution right there, that's what we need. Everyone has that. We need to have a couple of those rooms. That's the normal thing. That's what you know our competitors are using and having great me you know meeting equity or great hybrid meetings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's how our competitors are doing learning uh, for onboarding with a lot of employees, half in person, half remote, that kind of thing. Um, I think once those norms are more established, um, then that money, maybe, maybe it's a little bit cheaper once that happens because it's less custom, uh, but the volume is higher because it's just easier to communicate. Yeah, um, great great point. I think it, the other thing that we live in right now, the contextual issue is recession, right? The, the threat mm -hmm. of the uh, challenges therein, companies kind of, if not, if we're not already there, companies are sort of preparing for it in the way they're handling their, their expenditures, uh, staffing levels, all that sort of stuff. So... 
you raise a great point that if we if the need is for more custom, well, in an environment where revenues may be more challenged, cash flow is more challenged, uh, then companies might wait a little bit. And so, yes, that 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 uh, idea of perpetual beta or experimentation has kind of persisted right now while we wait for more, say, best practices to emerge. I hesitate to use the word standardization because I do think there's probably company market specifics, vertical market specifics um, that have specific requirements around data security and, and mm -hmm. um, how much of the workforce can truly be remote, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But I, I agree with you. I think there's, there's a, right now, we are still in that experimentation mode. It is still fairly expensive to try to experiment continually. Uh, and mm -hmm. so companies are, are sort of waiting and seeing a little bit for how they're gonna uh, long-term invest. That to me argues a little bit more for a, a pending wave where suddenly, yes, let's say we remove the recessionary threats, um, interest rates start dropping again, so working capital becomes more uh, uh, affordable, feasible. Uh, and so that potentially could spark a wave for something like conference and collaboration as we look out past probably 2024, I think we could all agree, um, mm -hmm. based upon what we're seeing today. Um, but that that should be good news for the industry who's who's kind of looking at, well, there's opportunity still coming. It isn't, mm -hmm. it, at the very least, it's not played out. We're certainly not forecasting declines in conference mm -hmm. and collaboration. Uh, the debate is really more around the scale of that, that growth as we go forward. Yeah. GDP factors in too, right? Mm -hmm. Though, I mean, one thing that we often say is that we tend to look like the broader economy. We look at GDP, mm -hmm. we peg to it for our growth estimates. That's one thing that has, at least when I look at outer years of our forecast and I look at GDP expectations that far out as much as you can put any stock in them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, let's say it's 2%. Um, and mm -hmm. you would expect, therefore, conference link collaboration as a core area uh, for business you would think mm -hmm. would grow somewhat similar. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect it to lag it. Um, so those are other things that sort of debate, but how does that play in? Should we be thinking about GDP? Is that a reasonable um, metric to peg to in the case of conferencing? Or is it? Is there something more? Yeah, I think so. Um, the one thing I will say is we've had, we're kind of like, you know, this, the snow globe has been shaken up mm. and you know, you've, as you said, we're in perpetual beta. We don't have these norms about what, what a conference room looks like. And that's also a, a big hesitation for businesses. You know, they don't want to drop a huge investment on a conference room today and then need to do it again in two years. Right. You know, or, or, or even less time because they got it wrong, um, which I think actually argues for a little bit more operating, operating expenditure approach, which maybe mm -hmm. we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason I'm talking about that now is... Um, I want to relate it to sort of economic growth models. Uh, and one of these terms in economic growth is the term creative destruction, that you have uh, new creativity creating new technology, new methods, um, and that is one of the key sources of increasing productivity and increasing economic growth. And so we've had this like shaking up of the snow globe, uh, norms thrown out the window, and it's this big opportunity for that creative destruction, for that... Um, companies to develop the new solutions that are great. But it's also a tough nut to crack. Like, there's a real possibility that they don't crack it in the sense that mm. obviously there will always be sort of, you know, video conferencing rooms. They've existed pre-pandemic. They will exist in the future. Uh, but 
if it is just too hard to have meeting equity sort of as like a you know par for the course type you know we have six conference rooms in this office complex all of them have a meeting equities type investment um you know for video conferencing with hybrid uh if that's kind of too difficult and the result is most hybrid meetings just are happening byod you know from your office um sort of like functionally remote even though some people are in the same building mm. uh then i then you can see underperformance on gdp you're still going to see strong like always um they're going to be the video conferencing uh solutions uh, conferencing collaboration is going to stay a huge vertical market, you know, even if we don't crack that nut. But I think if we do crack that nut, if, if you know, uh, the integrators are doing a great job of installing it and able to, you know, suit the needs of their end users, you know, if the manufacturers and, and like the software platforms at the Zooms, the, the Microsofts really make that great technology that just becomes obvious that our business needs it. Hmm. Um, then yeah, you can throw GDP out the window because it's becoming you know an expensive norm because it's not going to be cheap to have all the videos and the microphones. It's going to be too high quality, um, you know. It's, it, and then there's going to be more and more conference rooms with it, um, so we'll easily exceed uh, GDP in that scenario. So I, I think it's a wide range of possibility. What do you think? Yeah, I like I, you pick you added a thought in there that's an important one as we look at kind of this long range. I think part of the transition that we're going through is the transition more from a capex to an opex model mm -hmm. of expenditure. Everything you just outlined, you know, continual or shortening refresh or, or um, replacement cycles, upgrade cycles. Uh, the fact that there's a strong service software component to this spend in the form of licensing and and other mm -hmm. online cloud-based services. Um, really does push conference and collaboration more towards operational expenditure, where we're trying to account for the fact that we have to make incremental improvements to the experience. The, if the goal is for something like a meeting equity, um, or even mm -hmm. just uh, a better uh, experience, regardless of where you're where you're logging in from, um, I think all of that uh, pushes the market in that direction and potentially, therefore, keeps it more more in a growth mode, uh, more more of an, an expansion. The more it can become part of an ongoing expenditure, um, the more that companies are needing to kind of refresh technology uh, at a ra more rapid rate to mm -hmm. account for and, and um, start to take advantage of new technologies that are coming out. We're hearing yeah. about, for example, AR, VR, right? The fact that we might, might all have avatars someday yeah. uh, sitting in on meetings right. for us. Mm -hmm. Lots of tech that has to be kitted out uh, across yeah companies for that to happen. So yeah. I think you're right. I think I would look at operational expenditure types of models as creating lots of opportunity here for additional growth, a lot of additional opportunity for integrators from a man, uh, recurring revenue perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked a lot about managed services over the years. Mm -hmm. It's another area while we show good growth in our forecast, you could still argue there's a lot more room left um, mm -hmm. for expansion yeah. since it's only about a 12% of total service revenues yeah. today. So yeah. for sure, lots of opportunity there that I would point yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, I think you're spot on um, about that, especially because um, the kind of the, the way I kind of, the metaphor I heard originally, and I, I really like to turn to about this, is the sort of the, the Microsoft Office suite, um, which is a really easy thing to budget for. You know, you, you pay for your license and you know what it's gonna cost. And you also know that you're gonna be up to date uh, I remember in 2020 when the pandemic hit, we all went remote. 
Um, and we here at Avixa use Teams, and it was kind of crazy to me. It was like we need to we need to get a Zoom like license for I need to be able to do Zoom meetings because uh, in April of 2020, for me personally, Zoom was decisively better than Microsoft Teams for any sort of just normal meeting. Uh, but we didn't have to buy a new new Microsoft like we didn't have to upgrade to Microsoft Two or Microsoft Twelve or whatever. The the subscription that we have to the micro to you know to the Microsoft Office suite is just a subscription to what their newest and best technology is. And so after about six months, all of a sudden it was I didn't think that anymore about needing Zoom because they had improved Microsoft Teams so dramatically. Uh, and today, you know, maybe there's you know some applications where Zoom is better, some applications where Teams is better. But we're you know I'm certainly as a user perfectly happy with teams as compared to, you know, the occasional zoom calls that I do. Yeah. And the it, same, and, and just to add on, you know, in the last six months with, uh, you know, concerns about hybrid, they've added in, uh, you know, games and, and questions for icebreakers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, and they're keeping folks up to date that way. And so, you know, turn that to pro AV. If you can sell someone, here's what you're going to pay for the next five years, easy to budget for, forget it. Um, just pay us that money and you will have, the par for the course conference room, you know, if norms change, you know, if needs change, uh, you will still have the cutting edge. Uh, that's a really different uh, sort of prospect for companies. They don't have to worry about, oh, well, I have to budget again in two years. Did I screw up and make the wrong decisions uh, back in 2023? They made the right decision. They just uh, agreed to spend a, a meaningful amount of money and have no uncertainty, just confidence that they were going to have the latest and greatest technology to meet the evolving norms of conferencing and collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it while that's a, a new business model for a lot of integrator providers out there, uh, it's we're learning a lot over the last couple of years from our, our nearby neighbors, the IT, uh, who had been doing a lot of those kinds of models uh, historically. And so you're seeing, I think, that happen more and more in pro-AV, even if it's still an emerging and evolving story. I think... The question, though, becomes around the the mix of hardware software. Is it by by virtue of the fact that Zoom Teams they're rolling out continual functionality? Uh, it's a license based product. Uh, it can be by user, by conference room. Uh, those are different models that could be debated. But with so much of the revenue flowing more towards services and software and cloud, what does it leave for the integrator installer who's more about the uh, hardware components, you know, equipping the space, optimizing mm-hmm. the space. Is there similar opportunity? I would argue certainly yes. I do think there is because I think once you're engaged with a customer from that kind of recurring revenue, uh, long-range view, planning, upgrade pathing, mm-hmm. remote monitoring, um, uptime monitoring, those sorts of things, remote diagnostics, that creates opportunity for additional, say, hardware sales, optim- optimization, upgrades, those kinds of things. So yeah. I do think they go hand in hand. I do think there is some validity to this idea that the revenue split has shifted more a bit to uh, services and software. But I don't think that means that Pro-AV is therefore a dying a dying breed or a dying industry. I think it's more a redefinition of what yeah. the Pro-AV solution offers and it's that definition that sort of then argues for 
a revenue stream that continues to grow here at a good rate, a good rate for this area of conference mm. and collaboration. So I, we've we've been known to be definitional category uh, challengers before, and I think this is another mm -hmm. area where I would challenge the notion that conference and collaboration needs to stay or sh will stay or should stay as some mm. sort of hardware only story when it comes to pro. Yeah, uh, clearly that, that can't hold. Yeah, uh, it's so true, and, and like like you're getting at, you know the. The software is just useless without the hardware, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to work best uh, when they're fully aligned. And I actually think, you know, maybe the 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 kind of the example in all of technology for like alignment between software uh, and hardware is Apple, who's like really really rigid about they have the hardware and they have the software and everything. You know, they're even bringing in their chip manufacturing, so everything is optimized for their system. Mm. And I think that's where you know software can actually drive a lot of hardware investment. Uh, when you know an integrator, distributor, manufacturer is working with Microsoft to make sure that their equipment is really calibrated, that the way that they're installing buildings is perfectly calibrated to unite with the software. And provide excellent solutions, uh, and I think that's a big potential differentiator. You know, if you're someone who has that expertise, you know, you can, you know, we do teams great. Like we do the hardware side of teams. You know, the, Microsoft's the you know software provider, um, but we do Teams rooms excellently. Um, I think that's a, a big potential uh, source of revenue um, going forward long term. Yeah, especially as they uh, also layer in their ability to help keep those conference rooms and collaboration spaces up and running. So that's always mm -hmm. been a big challenge is fail rates in rooms and the need for tech support and service. So an, an integrator installer, a provider, solutions provider can help with that through yeah. the fact that so much cloud is enabling us to do more of that uh, from remote. Mm -hmm. uh, so that also creates um, that, that further engagement, partnership, relationship yeah. with the customer long-term. Yeah. Yeah. And because Teams is a living software, that means that, you know, the hardware has got to be alive as well, right? The new Teams update comes out, um, you know, maybe a couple updates downstream from when you last updated your hardware, and all of a sudden it's not quite so optimized anymore because it's optimized for, you know, the 2027 uh, standards of room installation rather than your old quote unquote, 2025 standards or whatever. And all of a sudden you need um, an integrator to come in and uh, refresh or recalibrate or whatever it is to make sure that you're still up to the highest caliber. Um, it's a challenge. It's new business models. But, you know, I see a lot of positive out there. Definitely. So let's bring it home. So what would be your vote if you had to say over or under, uh, will we exceed or, or underperform uh, the current forecast of 2.8 growth uh, from 22 to 27 as we look at revisions for this year? What's your take? To, what do you think? Uh, you know, when we were planning this out, I, I wanted to come under because I know, you know, you're a big optimist <laughs> and I am too. But I like, you know, I think I, I th I'm confident I know where you're going to go. Um, and I was like, I think I, I'm going to see if I can justify under. But I can't. I mean, the fact is, when we look at the sort of overall market data about, you know, corporate uh, as a vertical market, office space um, as sort of like a demand center or a driver of AV demand, it's positive. Uh, when I think about the sort of overall technology trends, okay, there's some shifting in like, you know, operating expenditures, capital expenditures, you know, s services versus hardware. It's transforming, but that's not shrinking. That's just, you know, a little bit 
less of column A and a little bit more of column B. Mm-hmm. So I can't get there on under. I'm going to take the over. Um, what about you, Sean? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be surprised to hear me say over, but but I would qualify it by saying that uh, I I don't necessarily think this is that we're talking about compounding growth rates, right? Which are averaged out across the five year mm-hmm. period. You know, I think you know a point or two of additional growth for compounding growth rate is probably going to mask the fact that there's peaks and valleys underneath, as is always mm-hmm. the case with data. Yeah, I just am, I'm I'm a strong believer in this idea that get past recession. I think get to this normalization phase. I think we're mm-hmm. looking at another wave uh, where there's probably, you know, in, in one of these years we're talking about outsized growth, mm-hmm. uh, and then we may settle back a little bit into more of a normalized state of just refresh, upgrade, those kinds of things, yeah. replacement, barring for f- future disruptive forces, which we know have become a common uh, mm-hmm. contributor and factor for us to weigh into. Yeah. So yeah, I'm an over as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not. Not always, but usually <laughs> yeah. on the optimistic side. Yeah. Well, you've heard it here uh, first, perhaps, for uh, folks, that um, for Evixa does expect for conference and collaboration to be a strong and, and probably stronger growth story than we're currently forecasting. Stay tuned as we update those forecasts and share it out with the market. Otherwise, we'll look forward to having you join us on the next Exceptional Insights podcast. Thanks so much and be well. 